If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Well, thanks for listening to the LCR Media Podcast, where we get to know the pros. I'm your host, LCR Naylor Taliaferro. And on today's very important episode, uh, IBG episode, something that I've thought about for not very long, to be honest, because everything seemed to be smooth sailing for the first, you know, of course, there's going to be like ups and downs, but for the first, you know, four or five, six years or so, it was pretty good. I mean, there uh, of my business, my lawn, my lawn maintenance business, uh, it, you know, there was, I'd say probably the biggest issue was, you know, that I navigated through um, here in, in the Richmond, Virginia area, Midlothian, Virginia, where I do most of my business here. That's my service area. Uh, we had a tremendous amount of rain one year, uh, several years ago. It was the second rainiest year on record for uh, this area of Virginia or for the, it might've been for the state of Virginia, honestly. So that was rough. I know that there was some, there were some local businesses that actually went out of business uh, or, or I remember there was a lot of solo folks, I should say, that were really struggling um, and I remember thinking to myself, man, what, what a really tough year it is to start a business and, and thinking that this may be, you know, this may be it. Like, how the heck are we going to navigate this? Like, you know, you, when it rains constantly, you just can't get anything done. So you, if you invest in equipment, you're not really making enough money to, to, you know, pay for it, pay it off or whatever. So, and I remember a larger local company specifically, they had, uh, um, expanded into mowing maintenance. You know, they just initially did fertilization of weed control and they expanded into uh, mowing. And that was the year that they did it. And it was just so, so, so bad, such a trying year for folks in general, let alone anyone just starting out that they, they actually just sold that division. They, they just, they can't, you know, can't, uh, got rid of all their clients or whatever, canceled their clients. Or I think maybe they transferred some of them or referred them to, you know, some other local company or whatever, and they sold all their stuff off. I remember they'd gotten a couple of new trucks and trailers and a whole bunch of brand new Toro grandstand mowers and everything from my local dealer, Kanabi Outdoor Power. And they were, they were getting after it. And, you know, they blew up quick because they already had a huge, um, you know, a huge list of clients from, from all of their fertilization weed control, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of, and I think maybe they had like four or 500 clients or something like that. So they were just, you know, easily picked up work from them just by sending out an email like, hey, we're offering mowing services now if you're interested. So they they blew up immediately and probably had over 100 mowing clients to deal with. And then, and then like I said, it was the second rainiest year on record. So they that was very challenging. And, um, you know, they, they, they just decided to just, you know, uh, 
cut their cut their losses, I guess. But at any rate, I, I say all that just to say that I I I've navigated quite a few things um, over the years, and I thought everything was fine until the last few years. You know, things really took a turn, you know, for the worst for everyone in the in the world, right? With the pandemic, and it's affected so many things in so many ways. And I say all all of that also to say the title of this episode, are you one person away from growing your business or going out of business? Let me say that one more time. Are you one person away from growing your business or going out of business? That could be whether you have crews or your solo owner operator, because you could be that one person. So you could be one person away from going out of business. If you know, you just you just, I don't know, you know, run yourself ragged, run yourself to the ground. You just don't do a lot of things properly or you don't ever get your head at above water. You know, you just keep your head down and you just grinding it out thinking things are going to magically happen for you. And, you know, maybe even you injure yourself and you just can't get the work done for several weeks or, or months, depending on how severe the injury is. And you have no backup plan. You have no one locally that you've networked with and, and built relationships with, you know, other like companies or, or solo owner operators that could maybe help you out, you know, take on some of your best clients or something, or maybe take a day or two of your route just so that you have something left when you're done recovering and healing, you know, so that you don't lose your entire business. Cause ultimately when it comes to mowing lawns, especially people need the grass to be cut. Not everyone's going to jump back on their own mower. If that's what they were doing before they got you, you know, to maintain their lawn while you, while you, uh, get, get well. I mean, most people have the best intentions, right? Most of these people are going to want to wish you the best and they're going to be understanding and want you to recover, have a, have a, a good recovery. But at the end of the day, they still need their grass to get cut because it grows every week and, you know, it needs to be well-maintained. And, you know, if they live in a neighborhood, a homeowner association neighborhood that has, all these uh, restrictions and guidelines are going to get fi- letters and then fines for not getting their grass, keeping their grass maintained. And so, I mean, they're going to need to make some, some choices and some people may just say, Hey, you know, we'll hop back on, uh, on the mower. We'll take care of it ourselves, you know, as best we can. And, you know, you just let us know when you're back and, you know, we'd be more than happy for you to take it over. Or they might find some other company temporarily that's willing to help them temporarily, knowing the entire conditions and be like, yeah, that's fine. Just whenever your guy gets gets back, you know, um, let me know. I mean, those things are probably all exceptions, not the norm. I think the majority of your people will probably just, you know, say, I'm sorry to hear, you know, uh, I wish you all the best. We're going to, you know, find something else. And or may maybe say, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll figure something out. Just let us know when you're back. And then when you are back, they're like, oh, yeah, sorry. Glad to hear that you're feeling better. But we've already signed on, signed a contract with somebody else or whatever. Like that's going to be the majority is people finding other ways because that's what they got to do. Right. So th- the whole point there is you will probably most likely, you know, lo- start losing your business or lose your business if if you don't have a backup plan, if you don't have resources if you don't never did any kind of networking and, and took it upon yourself um to to you know meet some of the local quote unquote competitors you know i mean the, there's a lot of friendly guys and girls out there that whether they're on social media or not are are cool with you know networking with other other folks i mean there's services that you guys may not offer you know that one might not offer 
that the other does that you can refer each other and or, or just maybe service areas are a little bit different. There's some overlap, but then there's other pockets that maybe you don't take care of. And so if you get contacted from those pockets, you can be like, hey, I, I've got someone that I can refer you to and vice versa. So there's plenty of things that we can still do to help each other, even though we're, you know, quote unquote, com- competitors. And uh, if we get to know each other, you know, go out for lunch or, you know, have some coffee in the morning or have a drink at the end of the day or the end of the week, all the above, you know, you, you really start to get to know each other. And hopefully you can build some sort of relationship like that so that you can help each other out in a bind. You know, like if, if you know, one of your mowers goes down and your equipment dealer doesn't have a backup for you to borrow or something or, you know, whatever scenarios with that, like maybe you can borrow one from from a, a local company that, that you've networked with and made friends with. Or like I said, you know, if you unfortunately get injured or something and you're just stuck and you can't work physically, perform the work and you're the only one, you have no crew or anything like, what are you going to do? Right. Or maybe, maybe, you know, let's keep going up levels. Maybe you have a crew and, but you, you don't have a crew leader. You know, you are the crew leader. You're the one driving the truck. Now what? Okay. Well, you're still kind of in a similar boat, but at least maybe you can try and find somebody to, you know, maybe one of these guys uh, can that, that you know or girls can fill in for a couple of days and take care of your route with your crew. Perfect example. Uh, one of the first times I've gone on vacation since I grew my business to the point where I needed a crew or where, where I could have a crew and it's too much work for me to rearrange my schedule. Like when I was solo for the first four years, uh, it was easy enough to go on vacation still in the middle of the summer with my family, which is a kind of a traditional thing because coming from retail management, which is my background and backstory that I've kind of explained all over the place, all over this podcast and on my YouTube channel at long care rookie. Um, but that background that, that retail, my retail management background, you know, I usually had like two vacations a year that I could try and take as challenging as it was. And usually you know, there was one in the winter, like when, like after the holidays and, and and then one in the summer, but there was definitely one in the summer every year for sure. If I, if I could only take one vacation for one reason or another, it was always in the summer. Cause that was always the slowest time of the year for retail management. That's, that's just the way it is. It, it, it It's always the slowest time. There's not all, all these holidays and everything going on. And until, until like the end of August, right. Until back to school time, when, when back to school comes, um, that's, that's when it becomes peak time again and you can't take vacations and be off and all that kind of stuff. So, um, so no matter what, I always had a vacation in the summer. So when I started my lawn care business, I, I didn't want to sacrifice that just because it's busy all summer long. It's not like retail where it slows down. It's, it's kind of the slowest time of the year other than directly after the holidays, like January, February, really slow for, uh, um, retail which is the same for lawn care, right? So that all works out for being able to take time off the same that. But anyway, I didn't want to sacrifice those summer vacations. I still wanted to find a way to figure it out. And when it was, you know, just me for the first four years building my business, you know, going from from 30 something, you know, uh, weekly clients, uh, mowing clients, getting up to like 40 something, that was manageable. You know, I could just kind of like squeeze everyone together, right? I could just work both weekends on either side of my vacation, you know, like go on vacation, like Sunday to Saturday or Monday to Friday or whatever. Um, and just kind of get all the early weeks, uh, get a jump on the, you know, get a jump on the Monday, Tuesday yards, like on Saturday 
you know, Friday, on Saturday, Sunday or whatever the previous weekend. And then the following weekend, when we got back from vacation, I could do, you know, the, the, uh, Wednesday, Thursday people or Thursday, Friday, however the schedule was. And it, you know, obviously the days would be a little screwy and the times in between cuts would be a little off. It wouldn't be exact seven days or anything like that, but no different than if it rains a whole lot, you know, whatever, you got to switch your schedule around here and there. It wasn't the end of the world. And then we would come back and, and I would get everyone kind of back on the cycle there and they would go maybe, you know, eight or nine days before the next cut to get everyone back on the cycle. But my point is that was easier then than now. And when I started, you know, uh, doubling those accounts and getting up to, you know, 75, 80 plus accounts, that's, that's not as easy to do that, <laughs> especially when you're solo. That's Im- impossible for me anyway. Uh, the types of yards that I have and so on, they're all about 10,000 square foot or more, lots of tedious details, um, you know, well manicured properties. They take, you know, a good 20, 25 minutes um, with two to three guys for the average property. You know, some of this, we have some smaller ones that are like, you know, 10 to 15 minutes, we can bang them out with two or three guys easily. But those are the, you know, very few, few and far between. So it's really hard to just do the same, same things basically is what, what I'm saying. So having that crew, it's like, okay, how am I going to take a vacation now when I've got enough work for a crew? I didn't have a crew leader or anything at the time. So I asked a fellow solo owner operator who, uh, kind of had the, a traditional schedule for solo owner operators where you have like, you know, maybe you mow Monday through Friday, or I'm sorry, you mow Monday through Wednesday or even Monday through Thursday and you leave Friday or Thursday and Friday open for landscape maintenance or or the opposite. Maybe you do Monday, Tuesday for landscape maintenance so that you can end the week with all your mowing so that your clients have their lawn looking the best right into the weekend. Um, cause you know, everybody always wants to be on Friday. Hey, can you mow me on Friday? Can you mow me on Friday? Cause they want their lawn to look as pristine as possible for all their weekend festivities at their house, having, you know, the neighbors over and having a party and all that over the summer anyway, which I, I get that, but you know, you can't, you can't do 40 or 80 lawns in one day. That's, that's really challenging. And that makes no sense. Like, what are you going to do the rest of the week or whatever? I mean, I guess you could fill the rest of the week up with landscaping, but man, it's a lot of people doing a lot of lawns in one day. So ultimately, you know, we know the deal. We, we're just, Hey, you know, either you charge a premium to be on Friday and if everybody wants that, well, then you got to come with a new plan. Cause again, you can't do everybody on Friday. So you just kind of work your way backwards, you know, Friday, Thursday, Wednesday, and work your way uh, throughout the whole week. Typically, you know, most people get their schedule packed out. So they're mowing Monday through Friday, or in my case, Monday through Thursday or Tuesday through Friday, whatever, you know, the ver- variations of that. But Regardless of of that, a lot of the solo guys that I've known over the years will fit in. You know, they'll pat, they'll uh, they'll not fill up their schedule with nothing but mowing. They'll try to have that margin in there a day or two during the week for landscape maintenance, like trimming shrubs, doing mulch throughout the year, not just like in the beginning of the year, like I do. Um, you know, and, and any other kind of odd odd and ends jobs maybe that people might ask them or that they're just used to doing. Uh, that's, that's just what they do. And with all that being said, the, the, the gentleman that I asked, um, if he, if he felt, if he wanted to run my crew while I was on vacation for a week, um, or at least for like a few days that that was the same thing with him. I think his schedule was like Monday through Wednesday mowing and he left Thursday and Friday open for landscape maintenance or, or it was the opposite, like Monday, Tuesday for landscape maintenance and, 
and Wednesday through Friday for mowing. E- either way, it was he only mow. He didn't mow the whole week. He only mowed like three days out of the week. So he just didn't. You know, I I asked him this like well in advance, and and uh, he agreed, and he thought it'd be a good opportunity to kind of explore the idea of managing employees and what that whole vibe was was like. And he, basically, he used my employees, but he used his truck and trailer and his equipment which is very similar to mine set up almost identical. We have the exact same trailer, just slightly different size. He had a, a, a four, an enclosed seven by 14 and mine was seven by 16, both pro line trailers, identical trailers and all that, you know, trucks are different obviously, but you know, he had Toro mowers. I had Toro mowers. Trimmers are all, you know, echo steel, whatever. They're very, very similar. And um, you know, so my, my guys were, easily able to use the same kind of equipment that was very similar to mine as his. So like I said, we talked about this in advance and he just made sure that he cleared out his schedule so that he didn't have any landscape maintenance jobs um, scheduled. So I think, um, so I think like two days, two or three days, however it worked out, I think he was able to get three days um, of my, my route done uh, with, with my crew and the other, you know, I, again, I usually always have a four day. I usually always, that makes no sense. I usually try to always have, <laughs> whatever. My goal is to always have a four day mowing schedule. It doesn't always work out, but that's always been my goal is to have a four day mowing schedule. So um, I believe at that point it was, it was a four day mowing schedule. So whatever we did for that fourth day, I don't remember. We, we might've just hit it together before I went on vacation, like, the, you know, the last day before I went on vacation, we got that first, first day done. Or maybe when I got back from vacation, we got that last day done together, what, whatever it was, whatever the scenario was, we were able to work, work that out. But again, this, this is just a, a long winded example of how, if you network with your local, you know, lawn bros and sisters out there, there's these opportunities that you can help each other, whether it's for a vacation or for an emergency, you know, maybe some a family member passed away and you have to go to a funeral out of town, you know, all that stuff. Like these kind of things happen and it's rough and nobody wants to add on the stress of how am I going to get my work done? So these things could be critical and could completely affect your life and your business. And and, and if you're the only person or you're the o- only crew leader, or you know what I mean? Um, that's where I talk about, you know, that's where, that's what, what I mean. Are you one person away from going out of business or growing your business? Let's talk on the flip side. Are you one person away? Like say, you know, I've had this conversation with people in the past in, in the industry, like you get up to three people or four people and then things start kind of falling apart. It seems like you, you just can't, you know, you can't get past that, that number, you know, you're just always stuck at three or four guys and you just get all stressed out. Things don't work out. People are constantly, you know, quitting or whatever. You're recycling your, your, your staff and you don't really know what the deal is. Well, maybe you just need to get to five. Maybe you just really need to push to get to five. Even that, even if that meant that you didn't necessarily have all the work for five people, maybe it just meant you need to get to five people to really structure you know, your, your business, the way that you were envisioning it and to maybe even create that company culture that, you know, is needed for your business to thrive and for your whole team to feel like a team or to to feel like they're working better together. I mean, whatever it is, I mean, just that, that, that you could have just needed that one person, um, you know, to, to be able to, to grow to that next step. 
Um, you know, but so the, the, those are just some things that I've been recently thinking about because, you know, I, I know things are challenging in our business. Like that's, you know, that, that, that's, that's just the nature of the business. Um, you know, s- staffing, labor, all that's always been a thing in our, in our business, of course. But, you know, lately with the pandemic and everything over the last couple of years, navigating all that has really switched things up and, and made things a lot more challenging than before. And then they need to be honestly, but there, there's obviously some good things that have come out of it, making us as business owners challenge our making ourselves, um, making it more challenging so that we have to find ways to, you know, be more profitable and reduce our expenses so that we can afford to pay, you know, our, our employees, our team more so that they feel more valued and that they can actually make a living to a certain extent, whether they're part-time or full-time or whatever. And obviously raising our prices is a huge part in that. So maybe that this forced those of us that are those of you that were really not, you know, just kind of intimidated by that or just holding off for whatever reason, maybe that forced you guys to raise your prices, you know, what, whatever. But you know, so there, there's, there's some silver linings here and there with, with all of these challenges, but I just, it's a, it's an interesting perspective to think, are you one person away from growing your business or going out of business? Are you tired of wasting time looking up addresses and responding to inquiries that are too far away or just not in one of your areas? If you are, then you need to add My Service Area to your website. My Service Area will filter your website inquiries based on the territories that you have created on your My Service Area map. If they are in one of your territories, then they get through to your request page. If they are out of your area, then My Service Area stops them from submitting a request and asks them for their email address. The added value is all the addresses are collected so that you can view the pins on your map. Collecting those addresses will help you improve your route density and assist you with knowing where you can grow your business. My Service Area should definitely be a part of your tool set to create more efficiency. Visit MyServiceArea.com slash Naylor for a special offer or click the link in the podcast description. My Service Area. Toro's new Revolution Series lineup provides you with a smarter, more connected fleet that makes your operation more efficient than ever before. It's the products you already know and love, just supercharged with Toro's Hypercell battery system. Learn all about Toro's new Revolution Series line at revolution.toro.com or click the link tree in the episode description to get you there fast. Are you one person away from growing your business or going out of business? Because it's kind of like teetering on the line. Both of those things are very, very similar. Uh, like they look very similar. Like if you look at any business in your, in your, you know, in your town, driving by or, or working on a property, just think about that. Like any business could be one person away from growing or, or going out of business. And they may not even know it. They may not even think about it. But that's the key to this this episode that I just wanted to touch upon is we should be thinking about that because that's going to help us be prepared and plan better and maybe not be in that situation, maybe not be one person away. Uh, I interviewed Eric Triplett, the Pond Digger, uh, a few episodes ago. Back in episode 161 and 162, uh, Eric Triplett is, you know, he's, he's a good friend of mine. We've known each other for many years and I look up to him and 
He's got a lot of experience uh, in in the contracting industry, as his title, the pond digger, uh, implies. He works with ponds. He's a leader in pond construction. He builds ponds. He fixes ponds. He restores ponds. All of that. He loves all aquatics and animals and everything that has to do with that, and and much more. But in one of those two episodes, I don't remember exactly which one. They're both great episodes. Is two parter because we talked for hours. Um, oh, I think almost two hours. Uh, we talked, so I just want to split up into two episodes. And one of the one of the things he had mentioned, we had talked about building a team and the labor issues and all that. And you know, he's over in California too, by the way. So interesting perspectives that he shared with certain things too. Uh, and it affected every er, everywhere in our country. Um, but he was saying, you know, when when you when you have like two or three guys, it's it's definitely challenging on, on a lot of levels. Um, you know, because if you lose one guy, it truly is a big hit for you. It's harder to build company culture, things like that. Um, when you get to like five guys or more, that's where it, it, uh, even just five guys, like if you can get to five guys, which is kind of the number I said earlier, probably just subconsciously remembering this conversation with Eric, but you know, he was saying something along the lines of when you get to five guys, that's, that's a little more sustainable. Uh, now you, now you've got a good team. You can have multiple crews, uh, everyone can help each other out if somebody needs to get a shift switched or whatever. And if someone does leave, then it's, you know, there's an opportunity for someone else to maybe step up. Like if it's, you know, more of a leadership role or more responsibility role that happened to be vacated, it gives someone opportunity to step up or, or even not, even if it's just another part-time role, it gives someone else an opportunity to step up and work more and work harder and be like, Hey, I know we're short staffed, you know, boss, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to work late, you know, or I, I can work extra or I can do this or that. And just to kind of prove themselves and show to you as the owner that they are a hard worker and that they want to move up in, in, in the company and that they care about, you know, getting the work done and things like that. So that's where you can really figure that stuff out. And, you know, like I said, that, 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 that one person, you could be at four people and you just need that, that fifth person. But if you get to five or six people, now it doesn't seem as detrimental. If you do lose one, you aren't necessarily going to go out of business. It might be, it might be tough. It might be a struggle until you find someone to replace that, that spot. But hopefully you have a strong enough team that everyone or someone will be able to step up and, and kind of carry that weight until you're able to get staffed back up again versus, you know, if it's just you and one guy, think about it, if it's just you and one guy, right? It's you and one guy, you know, you go from 40 to 80 accounts, you know, or maybe 40 to 60 accounts, whatever, you know, two guys can easily do, you know, four or five days a week of, of mowing, depending on the size of your properties and all that you can, you know, now, now, now you lose that guy. Now you're just stuck all by yourself trying to take on the work for two people. Like that's, that's really going to break you. That's going to wear you down. And it's going to be harder for you to find somebody because now you're doing more work, right? That's another issue. You end up being so stuck, you know, being behind and trying to get all this work done to keep the invoices generating and keep the cash flow coming in and keep your customers, obviously your client and your clients happy, and you, you don't now all of a sudden you, you don't or you feel like you don't have time unless you're staying late and missing dinner and, you know, not getting a lot of sleep because you're, you know, getting out earlier and all this stuff to try and, you know, uh, look for look for people, you know, put out job postings, you know, interview people, 
all that. That whole process is time consuming if you want to do it right and be professional. So, you know, you end up not even having time for that sometimes when you're just running around seeming like you're a chicken with your head cut off because, you know, you're just you're overwhelmed and you're understaffed because you are only one person away uh, from either one of those things growing or dying basically. So, um, that's just something really to, to, to keep in mind and to, to get yourself to the point where you're not just one person away. And even think about it this way. I thought about adding this spin too is, you know, are you one piece of equipment away? This is another, you know, version of, uh, of this conversation. Are you one piece of equipment away? You know, this is, this is going to lead into another episode that I want to talk about backups for backups. You know, if you don't have backups for anything, then you're going to, you could potentially lose everything because if you only have one mower and you're just mowing a ton of lawns and that mower goes down, you have no backup and your, um, you know, back to what I was saying, your equipment dealer had, doesn't have, doesn't have a loaner, and you don't have any friends in the industry, you didn't network with anybody that you can maybe borrow a mower or something, there's no rental place around that you can rent a mower, and you're just literally stuck with no lawnmower to cut the grass, all these accounts that you have, now you have no way to make money. You know, same thing with a trimmer. Um, you know, blower, you can probably make do, you can whatever. I mean, you could, if you really needed to, you could probably go out and just buy a cheap little hand blower from, you know, a big box store, those are pretty inexpensive. It's going to take you a heck of a lot longer in some cases to, you know, if it's leaf season, then you're, then, then there's really probably no hope for you for that little hand blower. But if it's, you know, cutting grass, yeah, just use the hand blower. You can still get by, you know, it's not as quick and efficient as blowing off, you know, things with a, a backpack blower or whatever, but it'll still get you through. But a mower is a mower, right? If, if a mower goes down and you, you don't even have a 21 inch push mower um, as a backup, then, then you're really, you're really done. But even if you did have a 21 inch push mower and you got a whole bunch of accounts that are like 10,000 square foot or more like me, you're really going to be struggling. There's literally no way that you can get all that you'll be able to get all your yards done in a week because it'll take you triple the time most likely to cut all this grass with that small mower. If you're used to using, you know, if you've got it, you know, you've built your route and the type of accounts and the number of accounts off of the 52 inch, you know, riding mower that you have or whatever you have 60 inch or 48 inch or whatever. Now you're using 21 inch. That's going to be detrimental that could, and it could go for anything else, construction and, you know, hardscaping, landscaping, say you've got a skid steer or, you know, a, a, a mini excavator, things like that, that, you know, you just have one and that thing's been a workhorse and, you know, that's what you dig in the dirt with. That's what you push and move things around with. And, that thing goes out. Now, are you out of business? Because I mean, yeah, you can get a shovel and you can start digging and all that, but it, it, there might be some things that you have to use that piece of equipment for that now, unless you can find somewhere to rent one, you're, you're really, you know, up a Creek without a paddle and that, that, that could be, you know, make or break your business. So, uh, or, or stop you, like I said, make or break that could stop you from growing as well, growing your business. If you're just with the same busted, you know, one mower or skid steer or something, you know, or one busted up rust bucket truck that's in the shop every other day. For another example, it's not t technically equipment, but I look at it as a, as equipment, whatever you have truck or 
SUV or Jeep, whatever the heck vehicle you have pulling your trailer, uh, if you're at that point, you know, unless you're just putting, and even if you don't have a trailer and you're just putting everything in the in the back seat of your vehicle or or the back of your truck bed, you know, push mowers or something. Regardless, if you don't have a vehicle, you don't have a vehicle. You have no way of getting from point A to point B. You know, you're not you're not the neighborhood kid that just has a handful of yards on down the street and you can just walk up and down or get a little wagon and drag it around with you. Like, you know, that's that's just not gonna that's not gonna work in in, in most situations. So, again, if you have a, only one vehicle, which most people have, you know, when they're starting out. It's really hard to, that's probably the most expensive thing to be having a, a replacement or a backup or a duplicate of, but that's just another example. If you only have one truck and it's just, you know, that's why I keep getting newer trucks. I had an old truck for a while and it's just kind of, I knew it was kind of dying a slow death. So I got a, a slightly used, you know, truck that was around the same, you know, I had F-150, then I got a 1500. So that, you know, same basic class of, of uh pickup truck, still not a heavy duty truck or anything, but it was a newer truck and, you know, had let much less miles and everything else. And so I had that for a year, but then I realized that in order to grow, I needed a bigger heavy duty truck. And I ended up getting a 3500 instead of a 2500 because the deals were so good at that time that I could get a brand new 3,500 for the same price as a slightly used 2,500. So I'm like, well, I might as well get that extra payload, you know, um, for, you know, for my money, you know, they're, they're basically the same. They are the same engine. If, if you get, get, get it that way. Um, you know, so there's a lot of, a lot of, uh, overlap between a 2,500 and 3,500 Ram anyway, where the, you know, they, that you can get the same, they have the same engine options for both. And, and so many things are similar, but the payload increases for the 3,500, you know, the, the suspension and everything is increased so that you can have thousands more pounds literally in the back of your truck, uh, as well as you can tow more, you know, thousands of pounds more also. Um, so, but again, I just thought forward thinking of that, I might as well just get that for, you get more for my money. So that's what I did. And now I have a brand new truck where if something or I did. I mean, now it's you know a few years old. But if anything went wrong, I knew that it was covered under warranty, like any major things, you know, that I didn't break myself and so on. And you know, I knew that it would just be more maintenance things every year, and that's it. Oil changes, stuff like that, blah blah blah. Um, but you know, if I just stuck with the old F one fifty, what happened? The engine started leaking. So I'm like, oh man, you know, that the guys are like, yeah, you're just gonna, you know, the mechanics are like, there's no hope. You can either replace the engine with a used engine, but it's probably still gonna be more than what the truck itself is worth. So is that what you really want to do, or just get rid of the truck? So I just decided to get rid of the truck. And um, so I mean, like, those are things that you could be stuck with, though. And now you're like, how am I gonna run my business? How am I gonna get? get this stuff done. Am I just going to rent a truck every day? That's really going to eat up your profit margins. The expenses are going to be through the roof. If you're renting a truck five days a week to pull a, your trailer or whatever. I mean, it's one thing to rent the truck while your while your truck's in the shop for a few days or even one week at the most. But if this is like your new thing, like, man, I can't afford to buy a truck, but I'm just going to keep renting a truck every week. If you do the math, you're going to end up paying a lot more a month renting a truck. I don't care where you get it from. Uh, U-Haul is the, the best bargain, by the way, you know, 20 bucks a month for, uh, I mean, a month, <laughs> imagine, uh, 20 bucks a day plus mileage, um, for, and then obviously, you know, you fill up the gas like you would your own vehicle, but so that that's the best that I have found around my area anyway, versus a big box store rental like Lowe's or Home Depot and renting their pickup trucks or United rental, 
um, and some other rental places that rent tr- pickup trucks. Those things are a lot more expensive per day than just getting a U-Haul truck. So hopefully they don't ever change that because it really comes in handy, even for myself, if I want to, and if I need an extra truck to get more stuff done, you know, that day or a couple of days during the week, you know, or if, you know, I've used them in the past when my F-150 started getting in the shop a lot more often and things like that. So, um, you know, when you, but when you do the math, that's a lot of money. Even even if you're doing the 20 bucks a day thing, you, you just do the math five days a week for four days. I mean, that's, that's a truck payment right there. You could just get a truck and, you know, not have to worry about, the whole U-Haul thing, you know, you can get a truck and have it logoed with your logo and not a U-Haul logo. And it's your truck that you don't ever, ever have to worry about, uh, handing back or anything like that. You just, and you just pay, you pay your, your, uh, your monthly loan payment instead of paying for the U-Haul, you know, the, the same amount. So anyway, those are just some more examples of, of that, just like that one thing, that one person or that one piece of equipment, the ultimate point of this episode is to hopefully help start a thinking process for anyone that hasn't thought this way of preparing for that, not being in that situation and preparing, you know, but like preparing to not be like that, to not be in that situation. Like, okay, well, what does that mean? Okay. That's, that's why I, me personally, I always try to have two guys instead of one guy, you know, for one crew this way, if one crew, if one guy just, you know, something happens or whatever, he, he, he doesn't work anymore. I still have another guy, um, to help get, help me get the work done while I frantically, you know, try and find a replacement though. Another solution is that I'm always looking for people. Like I always keep my job almost always. I kind of went through a phase where I didn't and it always bites me in the butt, but I try, but, but, <laughs> I always, but comma, but I always try to, uh, keep my, you know, the goal is to have a job posting every month, keep it fresh. You know, I usually renew it. Uh, Indeed helps me with that by always pausing my jobs. You know, they pause your job after 30 days because they want to have fresh new jobs on there. They don't want it stagnant. Plus they want you to pay and all that stuff. But I always do the free, the free thing, the free version works perfectly fine. I have sponsored before. It does help, but it's not like it's mandatory. Just all depends on what your needs are, how many people you're looking for and what your budget looks like. Um, but if you just do use indeed.com for free, it's a really great resource. This is not hashtag sponsored in any way, though that would be cool. Um, but I've used them forever and that's where I found all of my people from, um, over the years. Uh, and you know, it, it, it's, it's just what I still continue to use. It's user-friendly. They keep updating it and so on. But I, every month I always keep my job posting fresh just in case I find that diamond in the rough or just in case somebody just decides to up and quit or they move on to something bigger and better and, you know, whatever. And I, I have options, hopefully, you know, that's uh, so I'd rather be overstaffed than understaffed while we're trying to save expenses or, you know, be be fiscally responsible and payroll is the number one controllable expense and all that, it's still better to be over, especially in today's day and age with everything going on right now in the, in the, in the, the world and the country. Um, it's better to be slightly overstaffed than to be slightly or any kind of understaffed uh, because then you have more flexibility, keep your guys hungry. Yeah, if people aren't getting hours, they're probably going to jump ship, but you just got to do the best you can to keep everybody motivated and get hours, keep hours for everybody. You know, maybe not everyone's getting 40 hours, but you know, they're getting 30, 33, something like that. 
just to keep them getting good paychecks if you're in between jobs or you're a little overstaffed and, you know, but people work is going to always keep coming. And it, it's better to, it's, like I said, it's better to be slightly overstaffed. It's better to have uh, that kind of peace of mind and feel a little bit more confident as work keeps coming and you keep get, sending out quotes this way as you continue to get more quotes approved now you know you feel confident that you can fill up fill up your schedule and get more work done because you have you know some extra folks so again that's just another way of trying to plan and and not be in that one person situation or one piece of equipment you know again backups of equipment i'll save that for another episode to keep this one uh shorter so that's just that's that's what i'm thinking that's my perspective and that's my experiences um I've, you know, talked to a lot of folks and over the years of, um, social media and, you know, last year and a half or so of podcasting, interviewing folks, that seems to be a trend. Um, a lot of us kind of ride that line of being one person or one piece of equipment away or both from going up or down in our business. And, uh, that's, that, that's, that's, a, that's a rough way to run your business. It's a very stressful way as well. So my goal is to not ever be in that situation or, you know, as, as often as possible, avoid that situation. Nothing's perfect. There's always going to be issues. You know, I could think, you know, that's, that's happened to me over the years. You know, I think I've got the bomb squad and then it just starts falling apart. You know, it's it just, you just, as the owner, you have to be able to, uh, to adapt and overcome. And, but the biggest thing is just trying to be pro proactive and, and not allow these things to sneak up on you, you know, try, try and be as, um, try and plan as much as possible. And, uh, you know, just keep, keep moving forward, keep your head up, stay positive and just keep getting after it. So that's all I have for this episode, guys. It was an important one for me because I feel like there's a lot of, like I said, a lot of people that are kind of on, on that line and, and, and I hate to see that, you know, I know how it feels to be in that situation and I, I don't want to see you guys be stressed out and you got friends and family and, you know, you don't want to let them down and, I just want everybody to succeed just like I want to succeed. So anytime I learn something or have something that I want to share uh, or someone share something with me that I want to share back and just give it back. So you guys, so we can all win together and, and just, just, just get better. Um, there's a lot of guys out there crushing it locally and uh, worldwide, you know, from social media that I see. And um, it's, it's, it's really, it's really rewarding to, to see that and know that, 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 you know, that, Hey, someone is crushing it, right. You know, there's, there's a lot of people out there crushing it and, you know, maybe there's some things that we can learn from them to help make it better, you know, and, and easier for us. So that's my goal with the podcast is to really try and, um, pick my brain and experiences as well as find as many other folks, um, that I can to do the same, uh, for, for myself and for you guys, obviously, uh, for you guys and for myself is what I meant to say. Um, selfishly, I obviously want to learn and grow too. I mean, you know, I, who doesn't? So it's a win-win for everyone as best as possible. So thank you guys for listening. Uh, if you haven't, um, given us a five-star rating or review on Apple or Spotify, I, I would appreciate if you take the time to do that for sure. Uh, but the biggest thing and easiest thing is just, just, if you can share the show, if, if this resonated with you at all, um, you know, and, and you think there's anyone else that might get some benefit out of it, please share the show, you know, you know, tag me on Instagram or, or, or whatever, Facebook, just, just share the show on any platforms that you're on. It really helps people that maybe need to 
find this episode or any other episodes that I might have talked about that might resonate with them. It just helps that happen. So I really appreciate it, guys. Thank you for listening as always. Thank you to the Toro Company for sponsoring the LCR Media Podcast. And until the next episode, this is the Lawn Care Rookie signing off. This has been an LCR Media and Mr. Producer production. Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money.